Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to uh, begin a little mini-series today called Have Yourself a Very... Somebody say it. Now notice the typo there. It's not a typo, really. It's Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y. We're going to look at the life of Mary and some things that were operating in her life on that first Christmas, operating within her. And so I believe the next three weeks are going to be a profound, uh, have a profound impact on whosoever opens their hearts to hear what he has to say and learns some things from this young woman, Mary, that, that was working within her heart that we can apply in our life. How many of you know the Bible, when you began to read the Word and study the Word, you can then appropriate and apply the Word of God in your heart, amen? And so I want to encourage you to do that this holiday season. In fact, I want you the, over the next three weeks just to read and reread and meditate on and think about and ponder this biblical account of what we call the Christmas story. And it's not just a story, it's his story. It's his story. It's his story. And as we've learned from, uh, from Luke, who wrote, uh, of course, the Gospel of Luke, he was a historian. And when, if you go over to Acts, he said, I want to get it down just right. He wrote Acts and he wrote Luke. And undoubtedly, Luke interviewed because he was not, some people think he was one of the disciples. He was not one of the disciples. Even though he wrote a gospel, he was not one of the original 12 disciples. He got saved later, uh, and he got, began to follow Christ later. And he was a, he was very, he was a stickler with history and truth. And we thank God for that. Without Luke's writings, we would not know what the church is supposed to look like because uh, he wrote the book of Acts. And of course, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he gives the most accurate, detailed account of the of of the birth of Christ and the as we call it the Christmas story more so than anyone. So it's very important for us to embrace it, listen to it, read it, meditate on it, and just allow His Word, God's Word, to come alive in our heart. With that in mind today, let's just pray and let's ask God to speak to us. Put your hand on your heart today and just, just be honest with the Lord. Say, Lord, I open my heart to you today. I pray you would speak to me and you would hear, uh, we, I would hear what you have to say in my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Look in Luke chapter 1. If you're in Luke chapter 1, say, I'm there, Pastor. I'll say it when I get there because I've been talking. I'm there, I'm there, Pastor. I got it too. I want us to begin. If you remember, if you look at the book of Luke, the first 25 verses have to do with John the Baptist. But then in verse 26, I want you to follow along with me. I'm going to read this detailed account, and I want you to follow along with me. And then, as I said, I want you to take it this week, this month, and just embrace this story and 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 meditate on what God is doing, not only in that day, but in our day today, because I believe Christ needs to be birthed afresh in all of our hearts. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named, somebody say it, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was of the house of, and the virgin's name was Mary. Thank you. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. Someone say highly favored one. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 
But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, somebody say it, and he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how could this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered, let me just, Paul, here's a little commentary. Uh, she wasn't doubting what he said. She just needed a little clarification of how this all worked. How many of you know, it's okay to ask questions. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to ask God questions. It's okay. How can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, now I'll get to this more next week, but I love how the angel is linking her up with Elizabeth, who's also experienced a miracle in her life of conception, not an immaculate conception, but in her old age, as you know, she became great with child. She was, I think, about six months ahead uh, of Mary. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month, here it is, for her who was called barren. I love that. How many of you know God wants to turn your barrenness into blessedness? Amen. He really does. And then I love what the angel said. And you, hey, if we don't get anything else, you get this and you can go home full of it and just go, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Everyone say that. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, and I love this response, and I happen to believe this is the moment of her immaculate conception. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I believe, that's just what I believe. When she agreed with the, with the declaration over her life and she said, be it unto me according to your word, I believe the Holy Spirit she was supernaturally conceived of the Holy Ghost with the Christ child Jesus. And then the angel departed. You see, the angel departed because everything had been accomplished. And then I'm going to read verse 39 and we'll get into it later. But I love this, what she did. Listen, when God begins to go to work in your life, it, it will always produce action on your part. And if you remember uh, what I just read to you, the angel made sure he knew that that her, uh, was it her cousin? Her cousin, uh Say, Elizabeth, your relative, uh, is also conceived in, in her old age. And it says, verse 39, now Mary also arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to the city of Judea. You read that later this today and tomorrow and just see what she did. God linked her up in faith with her relative Elizabeth and they began to walk down this road together, uh, as, as, uh, um, Mary's conception eventually, as you know, as you, if you continue to read on in chapter two, uh, a little manger, where were they when Jesus was born? Somebody say it. Bethlehem. Beverly and I've been to Bethlehem. There's a few of us have been to Bethlehem. I know Jeremy has and a few others. Then I would encourage you, if you ever get a chance, go visit the Holy Land. You say, well, I don't need to go there. You don't have to go there. You get to go there. And I'm, it's, a, it's a great place. And it puts all these things contextually in place. And you can kind of get a greater grasp 
on all that God is doing. Now we're going to look at Mary. Have yourself a very Merry Christmas. Let me tell you where we're going the next three weeks. We're going to look at three things that Mary did rightly that put her in the place to be able to be chosen by God to bear the Christ child. The first one is she put herself in a place where she could find God's favor. She found God's favor in her life. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And then she put herself in a place where she trusted God's word. Everyone say, find God's favor. Then say, trust God's word. And then number two, or number three, pardon me, she received God's spirit. She put herself in a place of receptivity to the things of God in her life. And all of us need to find ourselves at the place where we can find the favor of God in our life. And we, we must choose to trust God's word in our life and then receive God's spirit. Not only be uh, baptized in the spirit, but daily filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Could I get a better amen? So with that in mind, we're going to talk about favor. Favor. What does it mean to be favored, God's favor? Well, there's some definition. I'll give you a couple just to kind of give you an idea. It, it means to give special regard to. You see, God gave Mary special regard. In fact, the angel showed up and said, you are what? Somebody say highly favored. Highly favored. Here's another thought about it. It's demonstrated delight. You see, how many of you know God favors all of us, but at times there's a demonstration of his favor in our life. And we just realize, oh, I'm walking in the favor of God over my life. In fact, when you look in history, when you look through scripture, when you look through this word right here, you'll find that at times God highly favored people and people found themselves in the middle of the favor of God, the demonstrated delight where God showed up and said, I'm going to show myself special in your midst right now. In fact, did you know the, the, the word favor, it's where we get the word favorites. You say, Pastor, are you telling me God has favorites? Well, he loves us all the same. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad he doesn't love me any more than he loves you? You can't get any more. He just loves us all. He, God loved us so much he gave us what? His only begotten son. He loves us all. But listen carefully. How many of you as parents know that when your children, when one of your children does something especially well, you don't have to favor all of them. If your if your one child uh, takes out the trash and the other two forget to clean up their room, do you give those the candy too? Come on now, that's what our that's what our culture does. Everybody gets a trophy. Listen, that's not the case. And God looks down upon us from time to time, and because of what's going on in our world, maybe the choices we make, and He demonstrates His favor towards us. Think about Noah all the way back in the beginning. What happened in the days of Noah? The world had gone uh, the wrong direction. So much so that God said, I'm just going to wipe them all out. How many of you know that's pretty bad when God says, let's just kill them all and start over. It's pretty desperate times. But what does it say about Noah in the middle of all that? Listen to me now. It says about Noah that says, uh, in fact, Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found grace and favor in the eyes of the Lord. In the middle of that trouble, in the middle of that trauma, Noah found a place. And if you study that, you'd realize it wasn't happenstance, just like it wasn't with Mary. It wasn't just happenstance. God just rock, paper, scissors. You think God rock, paper, scissors on who he favors and shows his demonstrated delight to? 
Of course not. Somebody say, so be it in my life, Lord. Let me give you a verse. In fact, I want you to turn there. It's Psalms 102, verse 13. Psalms 102, verse 13. Come on, turn there. I want you to see it. Psalms 1, I want you to write it down. I want you to find it in your Bible because I have a feeling, in fact, I'm meditating on this and our, our ministry team, our leadership team is meditating on the days before us and especially the new year and we're, we're dreaming and we're planning and we're preparing and we believe uh, that God wants to favor us in 2018 in a way that we may have never experienced before. But look in Psalms 102, verse 13. Are you, if you're there, say, I'm with you, Pastor. Here we go. Let's read it together. In fact, if you want to then look up here on the screen, I'm not sure what uh, 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 translation you have. Let's read it together. For you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Psalm 102, 13. Read it again with me. For you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. You may hear that more. In fact, that may become our, our verse for the year in 2018. In fact, you could get ahead of, ahead of the game and memorize it with us today and just say, you know what? I'm going to uh, agree with that. And in fact, I'm going to put my name there in Zion. How many of you know we are the Israel of God? And I'm going to just begin to declare over my life. I'm going to come back to this at the end of this message, but I want you to get it real good here. For you will arise and have mercy on church on the rock north for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Somebody say amen. And so I believe God has a plan. God wants to favor us, but we've got to position ourselves in a place. How many of you know you can't live like the devil and expect God's favor to come upon you? You've got to line up with the favor of God. We're going to look at that. In fact, let me just tell you a couple of thoughts about God's favor so you'll understand a little more. God's favor, it really can be made, is made manifest in two ways. Positional favor, I'll say it that way, meaning as a believer, all the believers in here, all the Christians in here say, amen, pastor. Because of your, the fact that you're born again, you live in the favor, the grace of God. In fact, what's the definition we use many times of the grace of God? It's God's unmerited what? Favor. And so because of his mercy and grace, in fact, favor, when you look at it biblically, is at the very least, it's the, uh, what's it when you're not the exact twin, but you're close, the paternal, fraternal. At the very least, the favor of God is the fraternal twin of the grace of God. They are, they are certainly linked together and, and in fact could be used almost those two words in different, you know, uh, and that's the way it was with, with, uh, Noah for that favor and grace is like synonymous. All of us live as believers in that, in that realm. We're favored of God. How many of you know you're not on your way to hell today? Somebody say amen. You've got God's favor on your life because of the fact that you are his child. But then there is another level and it's this experiential favor where you began to experience something beyond just your positional favor. And that's the way it was with Noah and undoubtedly the way it was uh, uh, with Mary. There was something about Mary. There was something about Noah. There's something about others who were uh, finding the favor of God in their life where God looked down and he said, you know what? I just have to demonstrate my delight over them. 
Now, I just got to stop and tell you today that I want in 2018 and even in 20, the last part of 2017, I want to find myself at a place where God looks down at my life and says, Whoo, I just want to demonstrate how much I love them. I want to show them. I want them to experience my favor in ways they've never experienced before. Amen. Hallelujah. That ought to move you from the back row to the front row right there. Isn't it? Hallelujah. And so God wants to do that. Now, God's favorite, let me just say, when God, when you begin to move into the positional and then an experiential favor of God, it produces a protection and a provision over your life. God's favor, when it comes upon, there's a protection and a provision in your life that comes when maybe there was not that beforehand. In fact, Psalms chapter five, you can write this down. Psalms five, verse 12. In fact, let me, I'm pretty close. Let me just read it to you. It, talk, it talks about this very thing. When you move and you live in the right fashion, it says this, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor you will surround him as with a shield. You see, when you're living beneath the positional and even the experiential provision and protection of God, uh, the favor of God in your life, there's a protection, there's a provision, there's there's God's uh, 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 blessing that comes over you with favor. Somebody say with favor. He'll surround me as with a shield. There's a protect. Man, thank God for that. Amen. And then number two, when you move into this place where God begins to uh, show his delight and his favor upon you, not in just in a positional way, but a experiential way, there's a promotion and a, provi- and, and, uh, and a positioning that God does in your life. I think about, uh, Joseph. Joseph went even in the, the prison. He was favored of God and it wasn't happenstance. You read the life of Joseph and you'll discover that the favor of God came upon him because of choices he made and the life he lived and God even in the middle. Same way with Daniel. Daniel grew up in Babylonian captivity, but their life, it reveals that there was a, a an experiential favor that came upon them. There was a delight from God that was made manifest in and through them. It wasn't rock, paper, scissors with God. Come on now. And God supernaturally promoted Daniel and Joseph and others and positioned them in a place. Listen carefully to me, to me today. I want to speak a little prophetic insight into your life. There's some places that God wants you to go. There's some things that God wants you to do. There's some, there's some obstacles that God wants you to cross, not just for your life, but others that'll come after you. And the, the only way he can do that is if we put our lives like Mary and others at a place where God can begin to favor us and take us places we would never be able to go to do things we would have never been able to do and to accomplish his kingdom purpose. And the only way that's going to happen is if we move into the place of God's favor in our life. Whoo, somebody say amen. Give somebody a high five and say, I'll take me some of that. Come on, tell somebody, I'll take me some of that. Hallelujah. God's favor. It protects us and provides for us promotes us and positions us in a place of his perfect will for our life. You ever feel out of position? Do you ever feel, I felt this way before, where I just know I'm not, I'll say it this way, cutting the mustard. I don't know what that means, really. You're just not cutting the mustard. 
Am I the only guy who ever heard that phrase? It means I'm just not up to, here's another one. I'm just not up to snuff. I don't really know what that means either. But all those things mean I'm not, uh, I'm not attaining to the place where I know I need to be. I'm not walking the way I know God wants me to walk. And as a result, I sense over my life a resistance uh, uh, in the spirit realm and, and a lack, if you will, of the experiential favor of God in my life. Just like parenting. Come on, parents. You don't just pour it out all over your kids when they, when they live wrong and act wrong and do wrong, or do you? If you do that, I'm going we're going to counsel you a little bit. How many of you parents reward wrong activity and wrong choices? Okay, thank you for not doing that. All right. Now there is mercy and grace. Somebody thank God for his mercy and grace. Amen. So today, in the next few moments, I want to take, I got, I got 25 minutes. In the next few moments, I'm going to give you seven biblical principles that if you'll begin to adhere to them and begin to follow them and begin to apply them, I believe according to the word of the Lord, you will move out of just the positional favor of God as a believer and move into more of an experiential favor of God in your life. How many of you would like to do, get, begin to see that? You move out of, you know, you just, I, you know, some of you just, man, I hope one day, listen, I believe, I'm going to say it again. I believe this is the set time for God to favor us. I believe God's always wanting to move us to another level. He's always wanting to bless us. I don't know about you, but I never looked at my kids and just randomly said, you know what? I don't want to bless them. I don't want them to do better. I don't want them to have more. I've always wanted to bless my children. If we, the Bible says being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father? He wants to favor. Amen. Just like Mary. Whoo. Man, if you get an angel visiting you tomorrow saying you're highly favored, you better get ready because God's about to give birth in your life. Or if you hear a old bow-legged 61-year-old preacher say to you, thus saith the Lord, this is the time for the favor of God in your life. You can say amen and so be it, just like Mary did. Here we go. I'm going to give you seven biblical principles. Here they are. Number one, this is pretty obvious, but uh, it's certainly biblical. Uh, we can find ourselves in the, in the middle of God's experiential favor by way of, number one, living rightly. Everyone say living rightly. What did F- Psalm 512 say? I read it earlier. It said this, for you, O Lord, will bless the who? Somebody say the righteous. He wants to bless the righteous, those who are living rightly. And when you study, in fact, if you study Mary, you know, uh, you know what? She was living rightly. You really dig into her life. She, they were not being immoral. In fact, that was the big concern of, uh, uh, of Joseph. Oh my gosh, I got to put her in hiding. People will think we, we've been immoral and we didn't wait till, uh, we were married and they were endeavoring to live life rightly. And even after she was conceived of the Holy Spirit, she continued to live her life rightly. I think of Daniel. In, in fact, when God looked down at Daniel, he favored him. Uh, read the book of Daniel just to a young man because he was making right choices, living rightly, endeavoring to be righteous and do right in the sight of God. And man, are you with me? Say amen. 
Proverbs 14, 9 says, Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. I want to say that again. I love the Proverbs. We ought to read the Proverbs through together this coming year. It says this again. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is what? Favor. You see, if we begin to live rightly and begin to make the choices that God would have us to make and begin to walk in a way, you say, well, there's none righteous, no, not one. But guess there is one righteous. His name is Jesus and he lives on the inside of us and we let him live through us and we we lean upon the Holy Spirit to help us walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and begin to choose rightly and begin to live rightly before God where he looks down at the way we're living and the choices we're making and the walk we're walking and says, I just love to see my kids walking in the, in the righteousness of God in Christ. I love to see my kids taking advantage of the blood of Christ that my son uh, paid uh, for their sin with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to favor them. It's choosing to live rightly. Number two, a biblical principle is not only living rightly, but giving generously. Let me just explain this. There's so many passages, uh, but in fact, do you remember we studied uh, a couple of weeks ago? I was, I was out of pocket last week, but we studied Cornelius. Everybody remember the study of Cornelius? Uh, in fact, you can go back to Acts 10 and 11 and you'll find that what Cornelius did, uh, was that he was praying to God always. He was living rightly. He was godly and he gave alms to the people generously. He was a generous giver. And God looked down upon him. Come on, I'm telling you, listen to me carefully. If we'll embrace the character of Christ, he's a giver. He wants to give. And we began to not only live rightly, but began to give generously. Listen to me today. I'm prophesying to you today. When you began to give, there's a biblical principle. And when you began to give generously, that's what Cornelius did. He was give, give, give. He just kept giving and giving. And God looked down and said, I'm going to favor you. You're not a Jew, but I'm going to use you to bring the the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit to all the Gentiles. He was so favored. And if you're not a Jew here today, you're here today because Cornelius received the favor of God by the lifestyle and the giving that he gave on a daily basis. Come on, somebody say amen. In fact, turn over to, if you're close to Proverbs, go over to Proverbs 11. Let me just show you this. Verse 24 says this, there is one who scatters yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than is right and it leads to poverty. Talking about being, and then he says, the generous soul will be made what? Rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Look in verse 27. He who earnestly seeks good finds what? Favor. (coughs) Somebody say favor. We can put ourselves in the place of the favor of God. Tell your neighbor, favor of God's not rock, paper, scissors. Tell them that. Tell them. It's not playing. God's not rock, paper, scissors. Let me pause right here and tell you this. Walking in the favor of God is not just about having money in the bank. There's a lot of people have money. I'm not talking about money and stuff. I'm talking about the, the 
hand of God on man I've met people all over the world who they don't have a lot of stuff and goods but they're walking in the favor of God for their life amen living rightly everyone say living rightly giving generously and then number three serving faithfully I think of Samuel the young boy who if you look at 1 Samuel, the call of God on his life, you know what verse 18 says? Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the altar. He was serving God faithfully. Day by day, read it later, he was serving God faithfully. And then you know the story as he's serving God faithfully. It says down in verse 26 <clears throat> that Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Because of his service to God and to the house of God. Listen carefully. I'm going to say that again. You're going to hear more of this in the future, but I want to tell you this again. Because of Samuel's service to God and the house of God and the place of God, God looked down upon him and began to release favor in his life in a way that he would never would have experienced. And he says he grew in favor with God. And man, I want my life. I, hey, let me tell you something. I want my life, even now, I'm 61. I want God to, to look down upon me and say, you know what? I'm going to keep pouring it down. I'm going to give you more because you're serving me faithfully. And I want to, I want to grow in favor with God and man. How many of you are satisfied with just enough? Serving faithfully. Number four, seeking wisely. Everyone say seeking wisely. Proverbs 8, we're in Proverbs. You can flip to the left. Now, Proverbs 8 is talking about wisdom, seeking the wisdom of God. And wisdom's talking here, and it's talking about seeking the wisdom of God. Look in verse 35 as this, this, uh, this proverb comes to a close. Whoever finds me, that's talking about wisdom. Whoever finds wisdom finds what? Life and obtains what? Favor from the Lord. In other words, listen carefully. And what, what, what the uh, proverb writer is saying, what this is saying right here is, if we prioritize our life rightly and begin to seek that which is right, if you begin to seek wisdom and, you, and seek after the wisdom of God in your life, you seek wisely. A lot of people are seeking all the wrong things. They're trying to get money and stuff and, and you know, and, and, and houses and lands. How many of you know, if you'll just seek him, he'll pour out upon you everything you need. Could, could I get a better? What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things would just be added into your life. That's what I'm talking about. Seek wisely. Some people are spending all their effort and all their energy trying to get stuff and things and they're missing that most important part. The relationship with Christ and the wisdom of God in our life. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. I read it just a few moments. It says, he who earnestly seeks good, I like that, finds favor. He who earnestly seeks good, seeks that which is right, seeks, seeks what is wise and, and good and holy for our life. Number five, we can find ourselves in the middle of the experiential favor of God by not only seeking wisely, but by obeying holy. 
or completely. Being obedient to the command and the call of God on your life. You're in Proverbs. Go over to Proverbs 3. My, some of my favorite proverb right here. The first four verses. My son. Catch this. Right? We're talking about believers here. We're talking about children of God. My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so, catch this, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Where did it all begin? It began by taking the word of God and the commands of God and don't let those commands uh, 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 be lost in your life. Keep the word of God. Obey the word of God. Be a follower and obeyer of God. I love what it says about Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. As the Jesus began to grow from a little baby, it says this, that he was growing in favor with God and man. But if you read that verse, verse 51, it talks about his mom and dad. Who was his mom and dad? Somebody say, Marianne. It says this in this verse right here. You can look it up later. It says, and he, speaking of Jesus, was subject to them. Jesus, this in one verse, here's what it says. Jesus was subject to his parents, and he grew, there's that word, in favor with God and man. Why? Because he obeyed wholly. He followed after the authority of God in his life. Even the, even his, his birth parents, even though Joseph really was, he was his father on earth. He followed them and he submitted himself to them. He was subjected to his parents. And as a result of his obedience, the favor of God began to grow in his life. Amen. Number six. We find ourselves in the middle of God's experiential favor by not only obeying holy, but asking prayerfully. You can ask for the favor of God. You can pray for the favor of God. I love Psalm 119 verse 58. The psalmist said, I entreated your favor with my whole heart. With his whole heart, he entreated God's favor. He knew, hey, it's like faith, it's like a characteristic of God. The, I entreated your favor. That area of your life where you, as a father, you want to bless us as children. I entreated your favor with all my heart. <sighs> that word entreat means to ask and to, and to beg for, if we, you will. In fact, Malachi chapter one, verse nine, it says, but now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. There's no, nothing wrong with righteously and rightly with a right heart, lifting our hearts and our hands. God, with my whole heart, I'm asking you to favor us today. In fact, what did Jesus teach in the, in, in, in his first sermon? When you pray, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. He told us to ask, to entreat. 
for God's favor in our life by asking prayerfully, just coming into the presence of God and humbly and, and rightly and justly say, God, as your child today, I'm endeavoring to live rightly. I'm endeavoring to give generously. I'm, I'm endeavoring to serve faithfully. I want to seek your wisdom wisely. I want to obey you with all my heart. And today I am asking prayerfully that you would favor us today, that this would be the day of the favor of God in our life that you would show up in a mighty way and you would begin to experientially pour out your favor on our life so we can not just bask in the favor but we can fulfill your kingdom purpose you see there's things God wants you to do you'll never be able to do unless you move into the favor of God for your life and then finally number seven We find ourselves in the middle of the experiential favor of God by declaring positively. Now, turn back over to Psalms 102, verse 13. Psalms 102, where we begin this, our keynote verse, probably for 2018. And as you're turning there, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, death and what? Life are in the power of the what? Tongue. Everyone say death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, what we say has a profound effect on our life. How we talk. And you know how we talk out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? The mouth speaks. So it's an issue of the heart. Now, here's the context of this verse right here. What's the verse? It says, for you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Let me give you the context here. Listen carefully. This is huge. This is not God speaking to Zion. This is Zion, if you will, or or the writer here speaking to God about God. In other words, it's a declaration of faith. And here it is. And this is where he starts. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily, for my days are consumed like smoke. My bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. How many know this guy's having a bad day? I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I lie awake and I'm like a sparrow alone on a housetop. My enemies reproach me all the day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me for I've eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath for you've lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens and I wither away like grass. But verse 12 In the middle of all that, he says, but you, oh Lord, but you, oh Lord, shall endure forever. And the remembrance of your name to all generations, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. You know, I have a belief in my heart there, especially from this. It's okay to tell God how you feel about what's going on. He's just diagnosing where he is. 
But he's not just diagnosing where he is. He gives the prescription to get through where he, what he's going through. He said, oh, I, I know this about you, God. He wasn't begging for it there at this point. He was proclaiming it positively. He was making a declaration of faith. And I want to challenge you in something today. If you miss a lot of what I said today, get this one. You get up with a right heart and a right uh, hope in your heart. And regardless of what you're going through, you just say, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. Guess what I believe today? You, oh Lord, will have mercy on me for the time time to favor us, the time to favor Church on the Rock North, the time to favor you, the time to favor us is now. This is the set time. I declare it. that This is the day where God's experiential favor is going to be poured out on my life. Whoo. We don't know a lot about Mary. Other than this, she wasn't freaked out by the angel. She was a little confused about what he was saying. Now that tells you a lot about little Mary. She was walking in a realm that many of us are not walking in when angels show up and say, Rejoice, O highly favored one. The Lord is with you. And oh, by the way, Luke said, is the angel Gabriel. How did he get that? He got it from Mary. When he said, Mary, you got to tell me about that. Mary's going to say, well, the angel Gabriel came. I knew his name. How'd she know his name? <laughs> you got to think of that, these things. Luke's interviewing Mary later in life. You got to tell me, well, Gabriel, the angel came and told me these things. This little gal was living the kind of life. Wasn't rock, paper, scissors with God. And then, you know, I love what she said at the end. She declared positively. So, in my life, according to your word. That's next week. She believed the word of the Lord. She had faith in the word of God. I was talking to someone yesterday. Actually, we're texting back and forth. And I said, you just let the Lord speak to you. This person said, well, I, I don't hear God's voice very well. My wife does. I don't. He said, that's her gift. I said, no, well, all right. You better start reading the Bible. Because that's where your heart begins to come attuned to the voice of the Lord in your life. He's not going to speak to you uh, in your spirit uh, if you're not reading what He's already said to you through His Word. He said, I'll start doing that today. You can't declare what you do not know. And little Mary had some things going on in her life. Amen. I believe this is the set time for the favor of God. In my life, in this church, in, our, in, our, in things that we do, in your life, in your family. How many of you know the favor of God spills over? It spills over. 
How many of the favor of God on Mary spilled over to the entire world? The favor of God on your life can spill over to those around you. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. You see, if we want to have a very Merry Christmas. Whoopsie. We've got to find ourselves at a place where God can favor us. And I want to tell you today as we close, I've given you enough insight. In fact, if today at the close of this service, you say, Ooh, I wish I'd have written that down. If you'll text me, I'll send you the notes. In fact, they'll be online for you later. But listen, I gave you seven things that you can do according to the Word of God that'll begin to put you at a place where God cannot resist favoring you. Even in the middle of the prison, ask Daniel, ask Joseph, even in the middle of trauma and trouble, he can favor us. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Father, today as we come to the close of this service, we thank you for your favor. Lord, we thank you that your favor surrounds us as a shield. It provides and protects us and positions us and promotes us, puts us in places to do things we would have never done to accomplish your kingdom purpose in the earth. Lord, we entreat you today to help us, just as Noah and others, and even Jesus and Mary and Daniel and Joseph and so many others found themselves at a place where you favored them, like Cornelius. Lord, let us live the kind of life and appropriate your word today to a place where your favor will begin to be poured out upon us. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, let me just, we're about done. If you're here today, you've never been born again. You've never been really uh, 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 considered yourself a child of God. You want me to pray with you today. I'll pray with you right where you are and then lead you in a prayer of humble confession to God and submission to God. If that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to know that I know that I know him. Anyone. Finally today, if you're searching for a church home, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray about Church on the Rock North. God's drawing people from the north, south, east, and west. We need a family more so today than ever before. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're looking for God's place where he wants you, I'm not going to bring you up. I'm not manipulating you. I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. No one's looking around. If you're looking for God's place, God's family, lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you, Lord, for direction in our life. And I pray, God, for these that lifted their hands, Lord. I pray, God, you would begin to speak to them and show them the will of God for their life and the place where you'd have them to plug in. And as we learned today, to serve faithfully, Lord, and to give generously and to live rightly, Lord. We pray, God, that you would lead people, Lord, to the place of your will for their life. And, Lord, today, if it's this place, I pray that today, Lord, you would drop within them. A a, a divine, I believe and know this is where you've called me to, to be. And Lord, I pray for them today.
for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord and his word a great big clap offering of praise today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beverly, come take me by the hand right up here.